You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Annie. And I'm Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And in this episode, we are discussing the season four premiere of Killjoys, Warrior Princess Bride. So there will be spoilers for that episode ahead. Okay, let's get started with our reviews. For me, I've, now that I, we're talking about it, I'm like, God, it's been forever since season three. So I wasn't sure how season four was going to start, and I thought it was really interesting for basically the whole episode to be going into Johnny and Dutch's past. And you know what? I friggin' loved it. I was so happy with this episode because anytime it's about Dutch and Johnny, they are the blessed best platonic soulmates, non-lovers you could ever see. It's one of my favorite aspects of the show. So it just, it never gets old seeing how their relationship developed. So I'm really wondering though, what what was the purpose of Klein telling the story? And he kept telling Dutch to pay attention to details and I'm really worried about her and I don't know what the lady did to her. So I was kind of freaking out the whole time. And yeah. And why is John so crucial? Um, Although there were so many moments that made me just go, oh, God, John Dutch. It's, oh, it just, there were a lot of oh moments for me. But, you know, when Klein is reminding her that he's, you know, your North Star, and I was just like, oh, God. But then I'm like, I was very worried about what Klein said at the end, where he said, you know, John will be the key, you know, to basically, I don't know what, saving everything, it sounds like. I don't know. I'm like, please no self-sacrificing John this season, so... Anyway, but I I loved it. So, what did you think, Chris? <laughs> that that, that was, a lot. was that was I a was going to say it was. <laughs> I, I felt like I was watching a tennis match. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about the show is back. Okay, I'm glad you're excited. I'm excited too. I've actually spent the last couple months, you know, fitting in the past two seasons. I, I have watched the first season enough. I feel like that's sort of like embedded in my brain and I watched it not that long ago. I've been re-watching the past couple seasons because I remember thinking during season three, I didn't remember season two clearly enough. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm going to be ready this time and I'm probably still going to mess stuff up and I'm sorry in advance, but um, I have been super psyched for this because I don't know if you know this, guys, this show's real good. <laughs> it is. And uh, so, yeah. I have also been really excited. I have, I guess, kind of mixed feelings about season four opening up this way. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I want to be clear about this. Like, I'm, I'm okay with this. I liked this episode a lot. But also, I kind of expected them to just jump right back in mm -hmm. where season three left off. Because season three was such a cliffhanger. I distinctly remember Annie freaking out. <laughs> Because <laughs> Dutch was leaving. She was like, oh no. <laughs> I think this is actually maybe a smart way to start season four. I don't, I know I just, I, that sounds counter to what I was just saying. But thinking about it, I think this is maybe a smart way to do it because they're not picking up immediately after the finale. Because I don't know, I expected them to, I guess, for some reason, which I should know better by now. Yes, but, you should. Um, yeah, because <laughs> they never have. No, they never they have. Haven't. But <laughs> I think it's just one of those things where, again, I was watching it like earlier this week, <laughs> watching them go into the green and going no, yeah, and so I don't know. It's interesting. I I like that 
we did get this way to sort of like ease back into the world of Killjoys. I think that's a smart decision. I also love the relationship between Dutch and Johnny, because who doesn't? Who is watching this show, right? Nope. And I don't know. I just, I have so many questions, and uh, I was happy, happy to see everybody again and watch Dutch kick people in the face. <laughs> like she does. <laughs> and that's enough rambling for me. Stephanie, what do you think? <laughs> Michelle, sorry, Michelle of Reddit kept going, oh, look at all those high kicks in the previews. They look awesome. She was very excited about the high kicks. I feel like I landed somewhere similar to where you did, Chris. I liked this episode a lot, but it was a surprising choice for a premiere. And I thought it was significant that we noted at the end of season three how each of the seasons had kind of ended with a similar element to it, where at the end of season one, you have, oh no, Davin separated from the group. How are they going to go get Davin back? Into season two, you have Johnny separated from the group, like, oh no, how are they going to reunite? And in season three, they had Dutch going into the green space with Anila, and we're thinking like, oh no, how are they going to get back together? But in previously those sort of reunifications happen kind of quickly. And so I actually kind of like that this first episode doesn't have that resolved really at all. You know, at the, at the end, you're just still thinking, I'm still just very worried about Dutch here. What is happening? <laughs> mm-hmm. so- <laughs> That's my mixed feelings about the episode. <laughs> it was good, but I'm worried. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And something that I thought that was really cool about the way that this episode was structured, I'm not always a huge fan of flashback episodes, but I thought that the way that this was done was neat because it really was like kind of a having their cake and eating it too moment because we have elements furthering the more complicated plot line of like the green and the mythology and that sort of stuff in this episode but the core of it was this really season one type episode where there's this caper and it's all about you know the emotional connection between dutch and johnny and and furthering sort of their backstory and building the world that kind of existed before this more complicated stuff with the green and Anila and, and and that sort of stuff was introduced. So it was kind of nice. It was like, yes, we're in season four and there's elements of that, but I also felt like I was transported back to the simpler days of season one mm-hmm. <laughs> in the same episode. When it was just a matter of an assassin being being on a mission with her thief friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to avoid arrest and death. But there were definitely, you know, moments in the episode that felt, I don't know if they were necessarily supposed to be direct callbacks to the first season, but like when she was, she was kind of sexy assaulting that guy, <laughs> trying to figure out if he was armed and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. It did Salt. remind me a lot of, I think it was episode three of season one, The Harvest, where she was seducing that guy and ended up knocking him out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but anyway it, it it was a really fun episode and a very like emotionally significant one at the same time but again kind of an interesting choice for a premiere and i'm very curious about how it's going to play out with the arc of the season mm-hmm. yeah i think it's also smart because it is all about reinforcing the importance of dutch and johnny's relationship mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I mean, it's it's Klein telling Dutch and, by extension, the audience, obviously, this is what's important. This relationship is important. It literally ends with something along the lines of, Johnny Jacoby is going to save us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which- worried. Makes me worried. 
I, I have some mixed feelings about that also, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's really going to be about ultimately Dutch and Johnny's relationship saving mm-hmm. the universe or whatever. <laughs> we should rename the podcast the universe or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree with you guys. I think that um I really like the emotional resonance of this episode because if you'd done this type of episode even last year or the year before, it wouldn't have had as much, I think, emotional impact or just, you know, I, we keep punching you in the hurt kind of feels because <laughs> we love these characters so much and their relationships so much. So to see the beginning of it and how when Dutch said, you know, when she trapped Johnny in Lucy's like kitchen area or whatever, and she said, you know, the people that get close to me always get hurt. I was like, oh my God, but it's Johnny. So it just, the fact that they hadn't built up that trust yet and to see the beginning of that and also to see it between John and Lucy was, which was really fun. But <laughs> you were a failure. <laughs> yeah. Are you dead yet? <laughs> so, but, um, I, you know, again, I think it's, it's so impactful having this episode air now at the beginning of a season when the audience already has such an emotional connection to Dutch and Johnny. But yeah, I do think it was an interesting choice to start off this way, but I think it's awesome because that's what we've come to expect from this show. They're not going to necessarily spoon feed you going, okay, this is what's happening next. Or we're picking up right where we left off. It's just in the middle. And I'm like, I'm really surprised that it kind of showed them so much in the green because I kind of thought it would, the season would start and, you know, Dutch would instantly be out of the green and with Anila and they'd figure something else out in the real world. And yeah. So the fact that it just kind of starts in the middle of everything is raises a lot of questions, but again, I like it because it means that the writers, they don't, you know, underestimate their audience. They know, you know, we're smart. We'll figure it out. But I love that they, they do not just, you know, they leave a lot of stuff hanging so that we still keep getting drawn in going, what's going on? Except <sighs> will we figure it out? Because this is the show that's like, oh, by the way, Dutch is a memory. <laughs> that's true. Made from the metachlorines. I know I said that wrong. Wait, did I say it wrong again? Midi-chlorians. Dang it! <laughs> okay, the green. Simpler. But that's all I kept thinking was the midi-chlorian thingies. I mean, so. that's not what they are anyway. Don't don't be smirched the green like that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. But it's, it was a parallel thought there. So... <sighs> It was interesting to have a season premiere where we didn't see all of our main cast, because that's something I think I come to expect from premieres. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like showing us where everybody is. And so the fact that this was missing Davin in particular, yeah. was, again, made me think, this is kind of an interesting choice for a season premiere. I w- So I miss Davin. I miss the fact that Delceo wasn't around. You know, I, I haven't gotten quite as attached to the other well, I would have liked to have seen Fancy, probably, uh, but especially Davin, especially Delce, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm desperate to see them now, which is maybe what they were going for, in which case, good mm-hmm. job. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel like it's going to be sort of an extra relief when we see them, presumably mm-hmm. next episode, but we'll see. Yeah. Because, you know, they're in peril, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. Last we saw them. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a really... Oh, God, I'm going to use the word phrase that I hate. 
bold choice. No, okay, yeah, let's just scratch that. I hate that phrase. But I thought it was a really different thing for a show to do. It's like you're missing one of your leads the whole episode. And daring, a daring choice? How about a, that? A daring do choice, yes. Because, um, yeah, I was like, where's Dev? Where's Luke McFarlane's cute face? So, <laughs> But it did really focus us back onto Dutch and Johnny's relationship, and it sounds like they're going to make that pretty central to the season, as it has been mm-hmm. to the show the entire time. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, it caused us to focus on Dutch and Johnny. I thought it was good that we saw a little bit of stuff going on in the green because we get to see that interesting dynamic between Klein and Anila. We we don't really know what's going on in the green space, but it, we at least got mm-hmm. introduced to it. So, you know, it would have been another kind of unusual choice had it not even linked to the present at all, which they could have done. They could have just done an entire mm-hmm. flashback episode with Dutch and Johnny meeting. But I liked how they used the – and it links back to the title of this episode. They used the Princess Bride frame of a guy telling a sick kid a story to structure the flashbacks of the of the episode, and I thought that was pretty cool. Hmm. I somehow didn't even think about that, and you're yeah. absolutely right. Yeah. And I love it. That is awesome. <laughs> I picked up on something that you didn't? Oh, my gosh. It happens. <laughs> Chris is like, let's not talk about moment, how frequently Stephanie. it happens. But yes, it happens. <laughs> I will admit to that much. <laughs> but like you were saying, Annie, you mentioned the the stuff between Johnny and Lucy, and again, harkening back to season season one for me, it really highlighting that relationship in a way that it hadn't been as much in seasons two and three. It felt like, and or at least season three, and then. Getting to see that moment where he kind of, he uses some, he threatens her to a certain extent, but that moment where he lets her make the decision to trust him, mm-hmm. I thought was a very interesting one to make for the writers. And I, I think it, it it actually helps you understand maybe why Lucy so much loves Johnny, is he doesn't just yeah. treat her like another machine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or he treats yeah. her he treats her like a machine, but with respect. Yeah. <laughs> But I like that we kind of, even before that, get hints that Lucy is curious about him. Right. Mm-hmm. For whatever reasons. And yeah, that he then sort of proves himself worthy of that interest by being like, by by reasoning with her, to, by talking mm-hmm. to her like she's a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also phrasing it in a way so that as a machine, she could figure it out. He's like, well, look at this. Have I ever hurt her? Have I ever given a reason to not trust me? And it's very like, Simple, logical, yes or no answers. Mm-hmm. So, but then he's like, well, you decide. And, but then I still love how he has that line. Oh, I could sell you on the black market and just my problems will be over, but I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, oh, Johnny, Lucy. So it just <laughs> made me so happy. And I have to say, maybe it was just me because I was so happy to see the show on again. But I swear every year, the special effects that show Lucy, you know, going through the quad and flying around. I swear, every every year. And maybe it's just because I love Lucy and Tamsin McDonough so much, but I was like, wow, she looks so pretty. Every year, she looks better. So that was just very pretty and shiny Lucy made me happy. Well, she was technically seven years younger, so maybe that's <laughs> to do That's it. true. <laughs> I'm kidding, Lucy. I'm kidding. You still look great. <laughs> Not a ding on you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they probably have flown through fewer asteroid fields. So. Yes, true. Mm-hmm. But no, Lucy still looks great today. Still looks great today. 
how do we I have a I have a question for you. How hmm. do we feel about the like retro futuristic title cards that are like seven uh, years ago? Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just laughing at Stephanie's <laughs> groans. <laughs> I mean that sort of thing is in now, right? With like Thor Ragnarok and stuff, I think was doing that, right? No uh, no 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 no. <laughs> the thing <laughs> The thing that I had an issue with, I'm all, please don't let this become permanent, was the dramatic pause and dun-dun-dun and the green-tinted freeze frames. Yes, tinted green, of course. I, I turned going the closed off when I was re-watching, while yeah. I was, you know, trying to make notes and stuff. It would have a, a parenthetical dramatic noise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For dramatic I sound. Am. I can't remember if it was sound or noise. Yeah, yeah. Either way, dramatic. <laughs> and I'm like, please don't let Killjoy's turn go on this NCIS bent. I'm like, no, it just no, I couldn't I couldn't deal. But I, I didn't care about the uh titles as much as Stephanie did, obviously. It's something I'm not surprised that Stephanie hated it. <laughs> well <laughs> it, it's something minor that doesn't matter, but no, I did not like them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, I, I will I will give you this. It is jarring because it is not something we have ever seen on this show before. Yeah, it just doesn't fit the aesthetic of the show for me. It's a little cheesy. I don't know. And see, the, I say that about those dramatic pauses and sure, I, I didn't frames. love those. And I actually I got a little confused because the first time it happened, it cut to. Yeah. It cuts a Dutch in the green and Klein talking to her. And so whenever it would happen again, I kept thinking it would cut to Dutch and then it would cut to commercial. And so, I don't know, it was used a little unevenly for me in this episode. Yeah, and the first time it cut to commercial, I was like, oh, no, I do not like this. Uh, anyway. Those are minor complaints, though. Minor complaints. My, minor complaints. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm sorry I opened up the can of worms. I just <laughs> they were we being wanna... so obvious about the th the things. I felt like maybe we should, you know, address them. We <laughs> address the elephant in the room. We would like to remain pretty much positive on this podcast. So those were those were those really were my biggest complaints about this episode. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> me too. like screw you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I also really loved that we got to see a couple of characters who we haven't seen since season one. We got Hills back. Yay! They also brought back Big Joe. And we had had the sense in the first season that Dutch was really fond of him and had a lot of emotional connection to him. So I, I actually did enjoy getting to see them connect and like what caused her to form that bond with him since mm -hmm. she clearly cared about him a whole lot. Yeah. And he was kind of presented as a counterpoint to Klein in that, you know, here's another father figure mentor type. But mm -hmm. this one she actually likes. <laughs> yeah. But but of course, like it seems with everybody, the intro has to be she always shoots him first. <laughs> well, that's how Dutch makes friends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If they survive the shooting, then there's a chance at a real friendship there. <laughs> I mean, if they can get over that, they can get over anything. Friends for life. Yep. Right, Stephanie? Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of friends, I really like that uh, this is why they're friends with Pre, because he just gave him drinks on the house, and he goes, oh, honey, your faces told me. And I have to say, I saw the stash, and I was like, oh, my God, I love it. 
That's, that was just me. But And then later, of course, when he doesn't have it, I'm all, oh, that's so pretty. So I just... I loved his ever-evolving facial hair. That was great. Mm-hmm. And the sparkly eyebrows. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That is that is something else. Sparkly eyebrows. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, something- we do have to talk about the facial hair, but then, you know, I should have known that Annie would just bring it up. Because <laughs> it is it is something else. It's not... It's not as much as the eyebrows, but uh, the whole thing. Quite a look. It's a look. Something that was significant to me while I was watching those scenes with Johnny and Pre, and Dutch was there too, but it was Pre being very obviously flirty with Johnny. <laughs> and I just love that Johnny's complete lack of reaction to it. It's so refreshing because usually when you see on TV shows where a very clearly gay man flirts with a, a man who's probably straight, I guess we don't know for sure with Johnny, but we've only seen him sort of express interest in, in women. There's usually this like awkward discomfort thing and coming from, you know, what would be Johnny's side of the equation. But Johnny just is like has no reaction to it. It's just a thing that this guy said, like you know, any other type of conversation. And it just kind of makes me happy that there's not this homophobic vibe to those interactions. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, if you recall, there's a scene in a previous episode where they're trying to essentially seduce some guy into cooperating with them. Because Dutch goes first, no reaction. Oh, yeah. So oh, yeah, Johnny yeah, goes yeah. and yeah. <laughs> and Johnny tries. And Johnny was just like offended, I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so I was going to say, I feel like if anything, Johnny would be offended that that pre didn't flirt with him. <laughs> he, he knows the power of those blue eyes. But it, it's just, it, and it, it's completely in line with what we've seen from the show before. But again, mm. the show's been off the air for a while. So watching it, it just stood out to me. I was like, oh my gosh, John, Johnny doesn't like freak out that pre is this man that he just met is flirting with him. I love it. It is nice to see. Yeah. I just like the flirting itself. It just tickled me pink because that's how much I, I love pre. So it was nice to see him again. I was really surprised that we didn't have some point where Pre made some sort of comment to the both of them about starting a fight in his bar. I was waiting for him to have a good a good line about that, but he didn't really comment later on, it seemed like. When he was It's westerly, he's used yeah, to it. Exactly. That's like the fifth <laughs> fight that day. I was gonna oh, say fine. <laughs> I don't know. I just I felt like Pre would have something to say about it. But you you make a good point. He probably sees quite a few. As long as they're not disrupting the bar itself mm-hmm. and, Johnny and the did, booze, it's probably fine. And Johnny did yell for them to tip the bartender as he walked out of the bar. So, That's true. It's true. <laughs> that forgives, that eases all ills. <laughs> oh, one last thought about physical looks of people. <laughs> on, on this okay. episode. Only one? <laughs> oh, only one. Okay, well... It looked to me like Johnny's guyliner got thicker as the episode went on, but maybe it just ran because it was a really stressful day, and you know. But, I was gonna say, yeah, it, it was. I, I thought it was hilarious. So it did look a little smudged at times. I just yeah. kind of figured maybe he he rubbed his eye or something. But but I I, <laughs> I would like to know what what Lucy prefers with guyliner or no guyliner. So. I prefer no guyliner personally. Uh, I'm yeah, glad I d- that- I just Johnny, is your name over. Lucy Stephanie? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm glad that he moved on from kind of his punk rock phase. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> but that's how we know we're in flashback mode, you know? It's, it's and true. It, and he was talking about how good he would look in a uniform. There's probably some guideline against guyliner. Mm-hmm. A, a guy, a guyline? <laughs> never mind. A guyliner guideline? Yes, there you go. Mm-hmm. 
So a guy liner line. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to portmanteau. I think it's funny as is as a guy liner guideline. It's true. I will say that I thought that this episode, at least for me, it helped bridge the flashback that we'd seen previously when Dutch and Johnny first meet to where mm-hmm. we've seen their relationship be it starting with like season one. Because, you know, Johnny was such a confident little jerky face thief, <laughs> you know, the first in that flashback where they meet. And it didn't, I don't know, it felt a little bit like they, they were trying to assert like, oh, look how different they both were. And this helped me to like connect the dots between that Johnny that we see and the Johnny that we see through most of the series. Right, because it does feel a little bit like, okay, but why would this guy stay with this woman? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, like, you can you can get there, but it is nice to see it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I like that they set up the sort of like, okay, well, let's let's give it a try. We'll do two years and reassess the situation. Mm-hmm. But I, I loved all the reasons. I loved Ju- Dutch's journey throughout this episode where it shows all of her reasons why she thinks Johnny is so important in her life. She always, she puts him first. She says, well, you know, the release is only for you, not me. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's putting Johnny first. And, you know, she just she loves him so much, but she just can't admit it to herself. And then at the end, you know, when she was about to torture the other assassin and she was like, well, Johnny was my chance. And again, I was like, oh, so many times during this episode. I was just like, oh, Dutch. Oh, Johnny. It, yeah, it's very emotional. Yeah, it it was both Dutch seeing how good Johnny is and his promise to her and and his promise of sort of a new life to her, but also just feeling so terrible about herself, just thinking that she doesn't deserve to go forward into this new second chance with Johnny. Yeah, Yeah, it was both of those things, which are both heartbreaking. (laughs) Yeah, there is a lot of Dutch's self-sacrificing guilt in this episode. Mm Mm-hmm. I did also enjoy the scene where, actually, there were a couple different scenes where Johnny's just kind of like, you know, how how are you doing this? <laughs> yeah, I know. And Dutch Dutch has the line, "Princess self defense class." It was a rough kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. And that weird joke, which made me laugh, probably maybe more than it should, of the guy named Ian wearing a shirt that said Larry. I don't know why that yeah, just I'm like, cracked I, me up. I, I don't get it. That was amazing, and I loved it. Yeah. And Johnny, just that just completely disgusting Johnny, like, I hate this place. <laughs> <laughs> it's got these jerk people who wear the wrong names on their shirts. <laughs> and then I love um, Dutch's criticism of, she's like, are you wearing that? He's like, well, what? I didn't have time. She's like, oh, fine. Oh, this is the worst thing ever. I already want to fake divorce you. <laughs> I thought Johnny looked fine. I thought he personally. Yeah. I wanted to hear Dutch's actual critiques of that outfit because I thought he looked great. Maybe mm-hmm. the ascot was a little much, but otherwise, I thought he looked great. Or yeah, not but the ascot, the, uh, the the handkerchief, like in the. Like the pocket square? I don't know what you call that thing. Yeah, the pocket thing- square, yeah. yeah. But, but it came in handy when she had to tie it around the. Uh, assassin's hand so yes yes it was useful even if it was not fashionable to dutch's very refined tastes i guess (laughs) you're refined i was going to say if we've learned anything from the past three seasons of this show it's that this particular uh area perhaps the J, I don't know has a very distinct fashion sense Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And so I could see how maybe what Johnny's wearing wouldn't fit in with that aesthetic that they're going for. Mm-hmm. But speaking of aesthetics, I oh sorry. I was gonna say Dutch's dress though, right? Oh, oh my! Oh, when she uh, you know interrupted all the other people and was going for the first guy that they thought was the uh, was the mark, and she goes, "I'm jumping the queue hard," and I'm like, "Please, please, Dutch, jump in my queue anytime, please." (laughs) I was like, "Oh, you are one of the other people with the little bracelet, then and like repeatedly hitting the little button, right?" But Johnny, I'm standing right here. <laughs> and then the other euphemism, lady platter. Okay. <laughs> oh, and I feel like we have to mention that a dildo was used as a I see, because I was tweeting the first time, I did not catch that until the second viewing, and Johnny's all gross, and I just got happy. (laughs) (laughs) And then there was a tweet that Michelle Lavretta tweeted later. She goes, yeah, we bought so many shiny, you know, sex toys and stuff, but they didn't all clear. So, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I believe it. (laughs) I mean, I just, I feel grateful that they let the one dildo Mm -hmm. be in the episode. (laughs) <laughs> standards and practices was kind of like this one looks innocuous enough it could be anything it the could be is, it could though, be a uh what it, it looked like no, a little barbell or something kind of i was gonna say yeah. yeah oh like a like a, a dumbbell you mean yeah yeah dumbbell so yeah i was gonna say if you really wanted a dildo as a weapon there are way better dildos <laughs> that would be a weapon than that one. <laughs> i love that that is your critique <laughs> this close to beer shooting out my nose. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> Morda girl. <laughs> it was a little, it was a little small. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> That's true. Only hand sized, just one fist sized. This is probably why it managed to clear. To clear. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. True. They're probably like, this is cute enough. It probably won't offend too many people. It's cute and blue. I mean, and again, I, I mistook it for like a, a barbell. So, dumbbell. A dumbbell. <laughs> I feel like barbell. I mean, aside barbells- from like the, the gross and double gross line and his, uh, what is it? A handful of vibrations or whatever, yes. whatever it says, he said he says. Aside from those lines, like, it's innocuous looking enough that you wouldn't necessarily know if you're not paying attention. <laughs> true, true. Well, I have to, um... But which... I also love the casual way he was sitting in that, like, sex chair with all of the I know, I didn't bondage catch that toys. Second time I'm all, Wait, what is he sitting in? What has production been doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet innocent Annie. <laughs> Well, no, again, I was live tweeting, so I missed a lot so the first time. So, uh, anyway. But but I really love the uh, dance scene uh, with Johnny and Dutch. And I, I wonder how many dance lessons that took for Aaron and Hannah John Common. Yeah, I know Hannah has a dance background. Yeah, but I don't yeah. Know about Aaron. Yeah. But they mm-hmm. looked really good, so. Yep. I laughed really hard when she dropped him. I'm sorry, Johnny, but I laughed Me too. <laughs> oh, while we're talking about hilarious things, Dutch totally scanned that assassin with a barcode scanner. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that 
that I didn't see. Oh yeah. Like, is she looking I'm for like, a cute? Oh, that's kind of like what's happening. <laughs> Actually, that type of R scanner wouldn't even pick up a QR code. It would only pick up a 2D barcode. <laughs> that is a limited scanner. <laughs> but she found the antidote, so clearly it worked. Yes. Yeah. You need to par- stop putting 2D barcodes on your poison antidotes, <laughs> assassins. <sighs> I thought that scene between Dutch and the other assassin, the other assassin, sorry, the assassin. <laughs> I mean, she is the other assassin. I know. Yeah. I th- but I thought that Thematically, scene Thematically, two- it was important, Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that scene between the two of them was was really great. And, and of mm-hmm. course, with Johnny coming in and stopping the whole thing, I it was it was definitely, the episode built toward it really well, and it was a very satisfying kind of climax to the whole mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then for me, the... Again, so many feels, but the one that really got me at the end when Johnny called her Duchess. And I was like, oh my God, because I've always wanted to know where Dutch, the name Dutch, came from. And After I was, calling her Queenie the whole episode. Yeah, yeah. But I was just like, it's so perfect that it came from him. And I just was like, oh. So I also really liked the song used in that scene. Yeah, the music was great again. It always is. Props I've been to Andrea to that Higgins Genius. Yes. But that song at the end was called Dead of Night by Ruel. And then I was really happy there was another Cave Boy song in this episode, which I only just found out when I was looking at the music list because Love Song from Cave Boy, Cave Boy, excuse me, from season one, one of my absolute favorite songs I've ever heard on a TV show. So, <sighs> yes, yay for Andrea Higgins' brilliance again. There's one last thing I specifically wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Chris. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. I hate to bring us down after all the laughing. That's okay. But uh, we need to go back to the green space. Mm-hmm. And so Klein says, when it reaches your mind, she'll know everything. And I'm like, okay. They're talking about the lady. The lady will know everything. And that seems to be the big thing that they're concerned about. But like... What what do we think is significant about the lady knowing? Well, and then Klein says, well, um, it doesn't matter what, you know, if she's going to break, but when. So he told her this whole story to prepare her. And I'm like, what? Yeah. What is it about Johnny and Dutch's relationship that's so important with this plot with the lady? I believe what the whole the lady will know everything that is in reference to what they were trying to hide from her all those years by taking out Anila's memories is that Anila was able to pull Dutch out of the green. And that's mm. what they've been trying mm-hmm. to hide from her because she's trapped in the green right now and relatively easily ev- evadable when she's trapped in the green. But when she figures out it's possible to leave there, that's when it, she becomes a real danger. Uh. So that's what I thought that that was in reference to. Mm-hmm. But I thought she already knew. Because, yeah, I thought that was her goal was to last year was to work towards leaving the green well that's her goal but they were trying to hide the fact that anila had done it successfully from the lady oh had pulled something from the green successfully i mean but but i thought that memory already got put into the green at the end of season three i don't know i don't know okay that is still unclear to me i that is what I would assume, since they stepped into the green at the end of season three, but that's the only thing I can think of that they're referring to. Mm-hmm. 
But it okay. could be a something that we have yet to learn. I still, it's ha- true. I still have to say, Anila pulling Dutch out of her memories is the most mind fracking thing uh, plot point I I've ever seen in recent genre television. I just I still can't wrap my head around it. I'm all she came from what? So. <laughs> <sighs> so yeah, I, I still am a little hazy on all the what the green means and everything some days. So because uh, I haven't gone back and rewatched as much as you guys have, so you guys are going to have to remind me <laughs> through, through this season. I have to keep reminding myself that we're only just past halfway through the series. Mm-hmm. So I find myself getting impatient to know things, and I'm like, "Calm down, Chris." Yeah. <laughs> We're just past the halfway point. There's 20 episodes left, or 19 at this point. I'm excited. But that's part of the tension of that ending, right? Because we see those green, creepy, veiny lines inching up Dutch's face and heading toward her mind, and that's what they were trying to avoid. But it sounded like, from that conversation between Klein and Anila that you referenced, Annie, they figured it would happen eventually, Mm -hmm. is what I kind of got out of it. So yeah... The green space stuff, I think, invites way more questions than it offered answers, which is, yeah. I think, kind of typical for <laughs> for for at least premiere episodes of, of Killjoy. I was going to say, it's a season premiere, yeah. that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, one thing that I forgot about when everybody's in the green is how they've all... Switched color palettes? Switched color palettes and have gone to mind-bendingly platinum blonde, so... Uh, in uh, Dutch's case, color palettes. I, I know, but it's just like uh, so. <laughs> but it was very. It is very... a nice visual cue, though, because when I saw True. that great opening shot of Klein carrying Dutch through the woodsy area, I knew it was Dutch. Like, oh, she's in white. It's Dutch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with the green, the really harsh green filter on those scenes, the fact that they have very light blonde hair instead of black hair, I think, works better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was very, very happy. I, I th- it's so ingenious how they've written characters in through a flashback or th- through the green to have Klein back. So I just, I love that um, he's still written in there. Okay, can we go back to the thing with, with Johnny and Dutch breaking and all this? Because I feel like this is this is what it is. They know that she's going to confront the lady. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, there's this concern about what the lady is going to do to Dutch's mind. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and so I think that's why Klein is emphasizing how important Johnny is to Dutch. So remember, there's that line from last season about Johnny being, or maybe it's the season before, about Johnny being her gravity, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then in that. this episode, Klein calling Johnny her her true north, right? Mm-hmm. There's this this concept that Johnny is a grounding, guiding force for Dutch. So I think maybe that's what it's going to be, is that Klein is maybe concerned that Dutch is going to lose her sanity the way that Anila did. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so maybe this is supposed to be, okay, hold on to this, focus so that- on this, and this will get you through it. Yeah, so that when the lady makes you lose your mind, you still have... A touchstone to go back to. Right. All is not lost. Yeah. But again, that line at the end that Klein says, a thief who is about to save us all. Well, what does that mean in relation to Johnny? Is he like, again, it's it 
sounds very dire. So that has me worried. Dutch losing her mind and the world succumbing or the universe succumbing to the Holland is pretty dire, Annie. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I'm just like, I'm just, I'm worried about Johnny with that line. Like, why? I don't know, because it just sounds like he's going to be the key somehow to, you know, the universe is going to go to crap, uh, you know, unless Johnny sacrifices himself for Dutch sacrifices. That's not what him. that's I implying. He's I know. going to save I, I'm them. I know. Well, save him how? It just, I don't know. I just was putting like worst case scenario, so. <sighs> but, but that is the cap on an episode about how important Johnny is to Dutch, Johnny and their relationship mm -hmm. is to Dutch. So I think that's what it's going to be about. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank Slash, you for making I hope me. That's what it's going to be about. <laughs> thank you for making me worry less slightly. Well, I just feel like if it is Johnny himself, that takes away a lot from the series as we've had to this point. Mm, yeah. If that makes sense, because like Dutch is the central figure of this show. True. I mean, I know it's about the three of them, but, you know, Dutch is the face of the show, right? Mm. I think it would be a little weird if it's suddenly like, oh, no, Johnny, Johnny. is the chosen one. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I trust Lavretta to not do that. Yeah. No, I get it. It's more about their relationship as opposed to him. Again, it's my hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm not involved with the production of the show. <laughs> I can't I can't see the future. <laughs> <gasps> to let you know what's going on on our other podcasts, on our multi-fandom podcast called Finalysis, we have done an episode discussing the first season of the terrific CW show Black Lightning. It's not currently available on feeds, but it might be of this episode. We'll see. We're getting edited as we record this, so hopefully it should be available to download and listen to soon. So go check that out on our podcast, Finalysis, which you can find over on our website, askgenretv.com slash fan. It's also available to download wherever you listen to podcasts. So we'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode of Killjoys. You can send them to us at killjoys at askgenretv.com. We love getting voice messages, which you can send to us in a couple of ways. You can record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us, or call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. And you, we're also on Twitter and Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Lost Girl, Orphan Black, and other shows, visit our website, askgenretv.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you in the Quad. <laughs>